On this episode of the Other Bundesliga podcast, we've got unexpected payments, a worryingly small squad, more transfer news and some last-minute Salzburg shocks. Hello and welcome to another light but lovely weekly dose of the other Bundesliga podcast, the pod for all your Austrian football news in English. It's me, Tom Midler and Lee Wingate who are on duty again this week for a short, sharp summer roundup of the Bundesliga activity from Austria. First things first for this pod, two Salzburg stories came to fruition just before recording the episode, one of those being the signing of Brentford's Danish centre midfielder Mads Bidstrup on a permanent deal. He's 22, he's been capped many times by the under-21s for Denmark, and he's got some first-team experience at Brentford as well, with a handful of Premier League appearances. He was also playing at Leipzig in the past, so Salzburg likely knew what they were looking for when they signed Bidstrup. He was on loan at Norscheland last season in Denmark, and actually won player of the year as a lone player. So no wonder then Salzburg coughed up a fairly sizable 6 million euro for him. And the reaction from Brentford seems to be very much that the fans are sad that he's gone, saying that Salzburg have got a good one and that he's a talented player that they've let go out of their system. The club themselves were pretty honest in accepting that he might not get the first team minutes that he wants in the coming campaign. And so they've rather reluctantly let him leave for Salzburg and cashed in a bit in the process. Now, the bigger news from Salzburg is that sporting director, the one of huge acclaim and trophy-laden successes, Christoph Freund, no less, has signed a contract with FC Bayern from September of 2023. Now, it was reported in the recent past that he had definitely signed in inverted commas for Chelsea, and that one never came off. But this move appears to be officially confirmed now, just as we come to record this. And whilst it does seem like a very logical step for Christoph Freund, if a small one geographically, for somebody who's one of the hottest prospects as a sporting director in Europe, this would nevertheless be a massive loss for Salzburg and could open up a bit of a frenzy as to who would take over as sporting director in the Mozartstadt as well. Could that be Andreas Schicker, perhaps, who's doing everything right at Sturm Graz? You never know. You never know. The rumour mill could start ticking on that anytime soon. How will this affect Salzburg's future signings? Will it rock the boat in terms of how competitive they are in the league? Nobody knows, of course, right now, but we will keep looking at that. And of course, we'll have a proper chat about the Christoph Freund situation next week. Lee, in the opener to this episode, I mentioned some unexpected payments. That was something that you heard about. So what's the deal with this extra income? I wanted to talk briefly about the World Cup player bonuses that have recently been paid out by FIFA because two Austrian clubs have received a nice little windfall from that. What's basically happened is that world football's governing body has paid a total of 209 million US dollars to clubs all around the world who release players for the World Cup. I don't know about you, Tom, but I didn't actually know this was a thing until I stumbled upon a story in Krona the other day. If you're wondering how that total figure of 209 million US dollars is broken down, each club is paid $10,950 per player per day at the tournament. As you can imagine, it's the bigger clubs in the bigger leagues that receive most of that money. But as I say, two Austrian clubs have benefited. 
Red Bull Salzburg, who were represented at the tournament in Qatar by Luka Sucic, Strahinja Pavlovic, Filip Kern and Noah Okafor, have received £1.18 million, while Altak, whose former player Samuel Mgue was in the Cameroon squad, got €66,200. Now, avid followers of Altak may note that Mgue actually left the club in 2021, but they were still entitled to some money for him. And similarly, Salzburg also got some money for their ex-players, Brendan Aronson, Karim Adeyemi, Rasmus Christensen, Gideon Mensah and Hichang Huang. The amount is probably pocket change to a club like Red Bull Salzburg, but the money that's gone into the pockets of perennial strugglers Altak will be very welcome. To put their bonus of €66,200 into perspective, they've actually only ever sold five players for more than that amount, according to Transfermarkt. And so this is really going to bolster their coffers in case they want to make some late additional signings this summer. You know what? I did not know that about those payments either until I heard that Man City had received about four million or something for the World Cup appearances of their players. Anyway, a nice windfall for Altac and, of course, an even bigger one for Salzburg. Staying with Salzburg, I don't want to say that their friendly results mean all that much. We know that that's not a great barometer, but there might be a few nervous glances perhaps in Salzburg after a 3-0 defeat to Slovacko of Czechia. Two early goals were conceded by a young Salzburg 11, but they ended up 3-0, the losers there. And there were 2-0 defeats by Ligia Warsaw and Norscheland as well. Freund has gone too, of course, as we mentioned at the top of the episode. But other than those three chastening defeats, the biggest result in a positive sense was a 4-1 victory over Hamburg. Karim Konate scored the opener there. There's a lot of hopes on his shoulders in terms of scoring goals at Salzburg in the coming season, but it was him on the score sheet plus two former Bundesliga loanees in Forson Amanqua and Nene Dorgales as well. Is it Nene Dorgales or Dorgales Nene? I'm still not sure. I've seen it written both ways many, many, many times. However, that doesn't matter. They were on the score sheet but the game was somewhat soured by a horrible tackle at the end. I think it was on Konate, bursting down the left wing and got absolutely hacked down. And you've got to ask yourself, if you're that Hamburg player, why? It's a 4-1 game. It's near the end of the friendly. What are you doing going in for a challenge like that? Salzburg, however, they did have a bit of a swipe of their own. And now this was an off-field issue as they announced their big games for the coming season. Rapid, Sturm and Lask were all included, but conspicuously absent were Austria-Vienna. Now, they've taken that as a bit of a burn, perhaps uh, taken it a bit personally by not being included in the big games bracket. So uh, who knows, Austria-Vienna might well be a bit more fired up for next season's meetings with Salzburg. Over at Sturm, meanwhile, they've got six wins from six in their summer friendlies. They had two more wins with Partizan and Aris Limazol being beaten in the last few days. Jakob Jancha was on the score sheet. Simon Vladacic was on the score sheet once again for his second in as many Sturm games. And William Burving, in particular, scored a lovely goal against Aris Limazol, jinking through the defence and firing in his second of the summer. Striker Emmanuel Emega has not left the club yet, despite strong rumours of a deal that we talked about in the last episode. Pras is also still hanging on at Sturm Graz. Monza of Serie A are said to be interested in the services of Alexander Pras, but uh, the youngster, only 22 years of age, holds a contract until 2025, and I have a feeling that he might actually end up being a bit out of Monza's budget in the end and move instead to a bigger club if he does indeed move on. Monza have spent a fair bit of money this summer, 
And you've got to say, does he need to move to a European springboard club now that Sturm have pretty much established themselves as one of those already? Is Monza a sensible place to go? Or will he hold on for somewhere bigger and better? Or indeed, stay in Graz? The other thing I wanted to talk about on the episode today is Rasmus Hoyland, and that's because the former Storm Graz man is reportedly wanted by Manchester United, who are looking for a striker and are currently being linked with a 60 million euro move for the Danish forward, who left Austria for Atalanta last summer and has made a big impact for his national team in recent months. Parallels are often drawn with Holland in the media, and there are certainly similarities. Both of them are tall, powerful Nordic forwards with a seven-letter name beginning with H that English people can't quite pronounce properly. But I don't think that Hoyland is close to Holland's level. Not many people are, to be fair to him, but 10 goals in 31 competitive appearances for Atalanta last season does make €60 million look a bit steep. The good news for Sturm Graz is that if that transfer amount is correct, they will receive a €300,000 solidarity payment. In case you're wondering, a solidarity payment is made to ensure that the club which has trained the player during their youth development is adequately rewarded financially for their future success. If you're a Manchester United fan who has stumbled upon this podcast and wants to find out about your potential new signing, we actually interviewed him on behalf of the Austrian Bundesliga when he was at Sturm Graz, and we'll post the link for that piece in the description for this episode. Yeah, thanks, Lee. That was a really nice chat that you had with Rasmus Hoyland not that long ago. I know that we've put that out on Twitter already. We'll get it, as you say, into the episode link too. Well, it's amazing how quickly you can forget that a player of his quality was only with Sturm this time last year. At the beginning of last season, he was still banging in goals for Sturm Graz. Now, before we end this brief podcast, I'll round up a few more bits and bobs from the news this week in Austria. I mentioned Sturm's friendly results a minute ago. Sturm will play against Galatasaray in their next friendly game. And a club who already played against the Turkish champions is Austria Vienna. James Holland had them leading for a long time, perhaps surprisingly, before an 83rd minute equaliser left the friendly game at 1-1. I say friendly, but there was a bit of needle in that one. There were around 10,000 fans at the Generali Arena, half of which were pro Galatasaray. So a great atmosphere in the stadium. And Marvin Martins was actually sent off for a reckless challenge, which is fairly unusual to see in a friendly game, of course. On a much more positive note, Muharem Huskovic was back at the Generali Arena for that game, his first appearance in Violet since he was placed in an artificial coma after a serious car crash and a serious knee injury near the end of 2022. So great to see him back again on the pitch for Austria Vienna. Their stadium, the Generali Arena, or to give it its other name, the Viola Park, that will be the host of Austria's women's team in their September international against France, which on the eve of the Women's World Cup, as we stand right now, seems like just the right call to us. Surely the Austrian women's national record of 3,600 fans can be absolutely smashed in that game in Vienna. No World Cup fever this summer for Austria, of course, but post-World Cup, that is a big, big game against France and it should be a great occasion. From one great occasion to another, Blauweiss Linz celebrated their stadium opening with their first game, a friendly against PSV Eindhoven, and it was Ronnie Valdo who scored a stunning goal inside the first four minutes, picking up a loose ball from outside the box and just blasting it into the top corner. What a way to score the first goal at the club's brand new stadium. Blauweiss did concede two goals fairly soon after that, to be fair, but the first one goes to Ronnie Valdo, and that is the one that will remain in the club's history books. 
City rivals Lask, they've won five of their six friendlies with a draw in the other one. And the last two were 4-2 victories against Ibrezin of Hungary and First Vienna of Austria. And it was Keito Nakamura who scored the fourth goal in that game. So, after rumours of his moves away, he is still at Lask for now. The rumour mill suggests that Rennes or Lille are the two clubs who really want him in Ligue 1 in France, with Lille being his preferred option, but Lask are holding on for more than €10 million, Euros, which seems very fair to us after the kind of performances that he's put in here in the Bundesliga. He's also now twice a fully capped Japan international with one goal for the senior Samurai Blue as well, so his stock is just rising and rising. Staying with Lask and talking of internationals, Lask also signed the US international 21-year-old left-back George Bellow, a Gold Cup winner with the US men's national team and an MLS Cup winner at Atlanta as well. And VATC have also signed Canadian international centre-back Scott Kennedy, a former Austria Klagenfurt defender. So signings from the US and Canada making it to the Austrian Bundesliga for next season. Great for us, some more English speakers in the league. In terms of outgoing signings, Philipp Kern is probably the biggest one. The Salzburg number one goalkeeper has gone to Monaco for around 10 million. So Alex Schlager, surprise, surprise, is going to start the new season as the number one at Salzburg. Who on earth saw that coming? Shrugs of the shoulders, shakes of the head and all that. Alex Schlager, after signing as the number two, will now get his chance to start the new season as the number one in goal for Salzburg. He'll have to work hard to keep that place, of course, but I think he had a good idea that that was going to happen when he signed up to move to Red Bull Salzburg. Last and least for this episode... Austria Lustenau. And I say least because, as the eagle-eyed amongst us, including Anna Konovalova on Twitter, spotted, only 14 outfield players could be seen in their latest team photo. It looked like a whole row was missing in the team picture. We know that Adriel, Mikhail Chekua, Jan Stefanon, Hakim Genouche and Jean Hugonet, the likes of them, all left, some of whom were very, very important to the Austria Lustenau starting eleven. And their arrivals so far total just 40k, 40,000 euro. Leo Metzler, the young Altac defender, is the only signing of the summer so far. Torben Rhein, to be fair, has re-signed on loan from Bayern. But with 6-1 and 7-1 friendly defeats to Holstein Kiel and St. Pauli, respectively, the fans are understandably starting to get a bit nervous. There was a decent 2-1 win over St. Gallen, but that alone is probably not enough to convince just yet. And it looks like it could be a very tough second season in the top flight for Austria Lustenau, and they will find it hard to repeat their heroics of last season, surely unless they make some big signings, and a lot of them, before the end of this summer window. Clermont Foot, watch out. If you're Clermont Foot, that's where Austria seem to get all of their players. Uh, Austria Lustenau, that is. So <laughs> who knows whether we'll see them raiding Clermont Foot again in the next couple of weeks. That's it for this week's Roundup Pod. We hope you've enjoyed this brief summer format to keep the news coming from Austria. We hope you're enjoying your holidays if you're on them. Thank you for listening to the other Bundesliga podcast. We'll be back again soon. Goodbye for now. 